But anyways, this is going to be an editing nightmare. So. <laughs> nope, uh, cut at three minutes and we're good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And we have cold open. Hey, I'm Joe. I'm Ken. I'm Andrew. And I'm Dan. We're the Rewinders Podcast, rewinding movies to see if they hold up. And this time, we didn't pull out one nudie gun. We pulled out two nudie guns. Because it was the naked gun two and a half. Does that even make sense? You know, I looked for a 22 and a half. Uh, I, I thought it was 22 and it turns and out half, it was two yeah. and a half and they just broke it for the third one but yeah I I, that's I, all right. on, I don't know why but for some reason 33 and a third was the one that I watched the most as a kid so I just assumed it was 22 and a half so trying to find it the exact same mode <laughs> at least the uh, streaming service that I use prepared for that and were able to handle those kind of requests yeah I noticed that I noticed that as well did you use Prime? Prime, yeah. Because Prime was just like, I, I put in Naked Gun 2, and he gave me two and, a, two and a half, 22 and a half, and then it spelled out to T-W-O and one half, and then um, 22 was spelled out, and... It's all them boomers oh, I should have taken, I should have taken notes. Numbers. <laughs> you know, they never uh, expected things to get so difficult in the future with having to Google things. They just show up to the <laughs> video store and have the uh, clerk be like, you're a fucking moron. It's two and a half. And also, they didn't change the nomenclature yet, so it had still been just two and a half back then. Yeah, we're looking back at this with retro eyes, trying to figure it out. They didn't have 30 years in between the movie in order to be able to be like, oh, which one is it? And have uh, that one effect where you remember things wrong, Mandela. <laughs> Yes, the Mandela effect. Berenstain Bears. All those video stores could handle people like my father who go to Kohl's, calling it Crows, and buy some shoes, which are Skechers, but he calls Screechers. Hey, have you ever heard him on the basketball floor? <laughs> screech, screech, screech. <laughs> it makes sense. It's not wrong. My dad? Or is that the name that you wear? The, no. Uh, that, the is that the... Ken. The noises that they make. Right, or is that the noise you make after wearing them all day and be like, ah, oh, my feet, ah! So, my history with two and a half is basically, I've forgotten how much I watched it, because as soon as I started watching it, I was like, whoa, this is all really familiar. And it has, nope. <laughs> like, some people in it that I really like, so, um, wow, I can't read my chicken scratch right now, because my, my Goulet, Robert Goulet. Uh, Robert Goulet. How can you not like Robert Goulet in this? He's for, I thought you were just uh, channeling your inner Will Ferrell there for a second. <laughs> That's all I think about when I hear that damn name. So actually uh-huh. seeing him act is a treat. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I watched it a bunch back in, I'm assuming, the early 90s when it came out. Uh, but not much after because, you know, didn't really go back to watching any of these to be honest uh, like i said i was more familiar with three but i had seen one and two at various sleepovers or whatever so i knew scenes i just didn't know where everything kind of stacked up like i always for the longest time couldn't remember which one had the queen which one had you know 
Nordberg stuck on a crawler skating down city streets, things like that. It's, just, <laughs> it's trying to keep everything kind of like straightened out. Like, okay, this one has this, this one has this, because really this... when you put all three of them together, it's it's just this incredibly wacky, amazing three-picture trilogy. And trying to separate them, it, it, it's tough trying to remember which jokes landed in which, which movie. <laughs> now, you bring up an interesting point. The queen is actually in all three of them. She's at the baseball That's... game. Yeah. She's in the opening dream sequence, and she's... uh. Obviously, in the last one. What do you mean, obviously? Well, Frank did say it's the woman she loves. Or you the know, woman he loves. obviously. I it's, don't remember her. She's in the so third memorably one. in there. Nope, she's in there. It's a very memorable uh, whole thing that she's in there with. Well, it obviously wasn't if I don't remember her in it. <laughs> <laughs> no, damn you. I'm saying it's memorable. <laughs> don't you remember? She was all there being like the queen and stuff. I think uh, Philip was there, too. What the you, hell are you, you talking remember? about? I just watched it this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I might be mashing things together. Well, anyway. And then it could be it could be me and have, like, no experience with this series other than, like, knowing about it and hearing the references. Yeah. Yeah, the only... I only... I only watched some of the first one being younger and... Uh, that being a movie that was shot down, my it didn't go very well in my house for some reason. And obviously, this well, movie would have been shot down it's a just because of the intro. Little racy. Well, yeah, the intro sequence to this one, they have boobs, and like that would have been. Oh, there's boobs in the intro. Let's turn this off. Well, you're such a good boy nowadays. That's what saved you. You didn't see boobs when you were a kid, <laughs> so now you're such a good boy. Y- yep. Yep, that's it. I'm I'm a degenerate because all my films had boobs. (laughs) I mean, I guess they all have boobs. It's whether or not you get to see them. No? Okay. Dan, you're keeping awfully quiet on this topic. He doesn't have things to say. (laughs) Am I supposed to? I I don't know. Do you? Oh, no. I'm good. I was just letting you guys have your thing. Because I don't have anything to add. Because I don't have memories with this this movie series. Mm, I mean, ruined it. You've seen one. You can <laughs> see could. it all. I'd like to propose a total recall service in which they implant only false memories of you having seen films, <laughs> introducing a feeling of deja vu. So I'd love to pay for somebody to put a memory in your head, Dan, of maybe seeing the Naked Gun but not be quite sure. I would love this. I mean, I'd, I'd love to have memories of movies that I've watched, but apparently the movies that we're, wa- we're, we're watching are not movies that we're ever going to talk about that I watched. No, I would only pay a company to implant false memories of movies that you wouldn't want to ever see and have that constantly in your brain of, did I see that? Just have this whole catalog of crappy movies. When you first sit down and you start watching a movie and you're like, oh man, I feel like I've seen this before every time, but you don't know what's ha- going to happen next. Like, that's the most detracting thing from a movie. And it could ruin any yeah. movie that you go and see. That would be the I don't worst. Like game. I, don't like, I don't like where this game's going. Can we, can we, I, I went off. I went off, on the, <laughs> I went off this right now. Well, how about we get off on things that we liked about this movie? Not Wait, yet, hold on. Ken. Oh. We have one. <laughs> so if you haven't seen Naked Gun two and a half, oh. the quick summation of is 
there's a bumbling cop with other bumbling cops and something bad's going to happen if the bumbling cops don't solve the situation. But the bumbling cops solve the situation. And there's goofy shit. So you just described each of the movies. Yep. <laughs> yep. Copy and paste yep. for the next one. Yep. It's a simple thing, but, you know, it worked. Yeah, and it works, and it's a easy enough premise to work around where you can, uh, you can uh, definitely just make goofs around it and it's easy enough to not lose sight of what you're doing. So it, you still make a movie and you can still make uh, short sketches all around the movie, but still make it feel like it's one cohesive storyline. Unlike a movie like life of Brian, which kind of felt like individual sketches. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. I do have a comment about that, That's but I'm going to hold that for later. Okay, we'll put a pin in that over here on the pin board. You better remember about get a it, pin board. I don't have a pin board. Mark that for when we actually get back together to start recording instead of being in our basements. That we need, like, an official pin I board. I am not in my basement. I am on the second floor, Dan! Ooh, Mr. Penthouse, okay. Oh, the basement of the third floor. <gasps> Ken's on the third floor? No, I'm Fancy. in the basement. Oh, oh, yeah, it would have been three quarters of three quarters of the parties in the basement. Well, anyway, I don't have a second floor. Get on the roof. I could go in the attic. I don't know if I'd want to record my attic. Anyway. Okay. That'd be gross. Computer would love it. Did you dudes like about Naked Gun two and a half? Some of the jokes were funny. Most of the jokes were not. Most of the jokes were not. I had a good laugh at a bunch of them, especially when they uh, the cops get blown up. Because they're focusing a lot on the clock and, uh, and and then they get blown up. And then that's not the part I laughed at. The part I laughed at was after when he comes into the police station and there's just tape on the walls of body outlines and like all the random and it's body not even, it, it The body outlines like degrade down in like quality to stick figures. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. There's a lot. There's a lot more sight gags in two than I think there were in one. Yeah, I'd agree. I like the well-thought-out side gags, the ones where it's just like everything in the scene's flowing so effortlessly. It's like, how the hell did they plan all this? Like, for example, when Frank goes to uh, uh, Priscilla Presley's apartment, the the flower scene immediately cutting into going to the apartment, to the animal sounds and all that shit, just all this nonsense crap, thing after thing. Her crawling into the fridge while having a conversation with him, <laughs> getting trapped, or him having to pull her back out, like... I just love how it's just bam, 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 bam. It's just like they thought all that through for that whole shot. I I love stuff like that. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of the goofy stuff where it's just like you roll your eyes at it. But when it's well thought out like that, it's just thing after thing. Just it, it makes me smile. I appreciate it. It's also nice when you can have a movie that goes in and uh, uh, it, she crawls into the fridge and he has to pull her out. And it's just a thing that happens in the scene. And they yeah. don't... <laughs> Try to pull you away from it. Be like, look, we're being funny over here. They That's exactly it. That's exactly just it. Let it, it the doesn't joke break the flow. exist where it is. Yeah. It's just part of the scene. The flow doesn't get broken. It's just this thing happens. And while you're watching, you're just like, what the hell is going on? And you just laugh. I, I, I love that kind of stuff. Problem is they overdo it in two. Like it gets tired. That whole like, hey, let's see how more ridiculous we can be in this next scene. I don't know. I was also 
like I had completely forgotten that I needed to watch these movies at 11:30 at night, so I started watching oh. them both of them. And see, I was cranky while I was watching too, so a lot of my notes are gotcha. kind of negative. But I tried. In defense of these films, I just watched Hot Shots for the first time since I was probably eight mm-hmm. <laughs> with with my son, and. I can tell you that that is the polar opposite, where they just don't know when the hell to get off the gas. It's just bam, 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 but it's not funny. Mm-hmm. It's this thing after thing after thing. There are some good chuckles in Hot Shots. There's some good lines, like, I will I will forever remember uh, Yankee Doodle Floppy Disk. That's <laughs> one of my favorite things, but it's just, there, there's a very distinct uh, difference between how these movies kind of pan out. And kind of like Airplane, how that pans out, versus, I don't know, Hot Shots, it's just like, they basically ramped it up even more so than what you're saying. <laughs> so I don't know, I have that to kind of look at and keep myself grounded from. I'm going to go along with that. The big funny stuff were the sight gags here, because there were so many of them, and some of them were just nice and subtle, and they just happen, and if... You, you can miss them if you're not paying attention, but if you're paying attention, they're pretty funny. Like, for me, I really enjoyed the Blue Note because it's a funny name for a bar. It, it makes me stupidly <laughs> think of the Brown Note because I'm a child. And same here, same here. Yep. Everyone inside yep. is sad, even the lounge one. singer. And uh Oh my god, I still love watching the waitress walk around with the, the pills and, and shit. <laughs> but then he orders this <laughs> the trays full of pills. And he orders a big colorful umbrella drink. And the totally contrast. He ordered a everything. black Russian. He ordered a black yeah. Russian. Yeah. And what After he got was not a thing bl- that they had, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get that joke. That I get it, and it's 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 supposed to be funny, but it's not funny anymore. But no, I, I I get what I get what Joe's saying, and that's yeah. that's hysterical because it's such a stark contrast to everything else that we had just witnessed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> such a colorful, happy drink. <laughs> I even like the gag where he's pulling out a huge bouquet when he's going to like try and mend fences with his lady friend. And every door he crosses, he loses a piece of the bouquet until he arrives, and then it's basically all just garbage. I like that. Stems. That's fun. Yep. The elevator makes me laugh still. I still <laughs> laugh when the elevator doors shut on the flowers. <laughs> and he just tosses them aside. And I was hoping that they would come back. Uh, Chekhov's flowers? Yeah. However, they did not. Someone else came through the door and ruined their party that way. Probably one of my favorite lines in the entire trilogy comes from this movie, where they're having a serious talk at the police station, and then, Sex Frank? Uh, no, not right now, Ed. We've got work to do. <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines. <laughs> Talking about the red light district and why somebody would want to hang out there. There's a bunch of good pivot lines in this movie. Uh, there are, there are. The lady's explaining the gentleman who she saw out the window, and she said, I don't know. He's had a mustache, six foot tall, and he's like, wow, that's a big mustache. I'm like, okay, I'll accept God damn it. Okay, <laughs> I'll let this one slide. That laugh actually, that got me, that got me a good laugh. Even yeah. though it's a dumb joke, but it's still. It is a dumb joke, but it's, 
It's a dumb it's joke really that can tickle mustache. your funny bone. It's a dumb joke that yep. lands r- just the right way. Yep. A mustachioed tickle, even. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Speaking of, I think it's hen. Oh, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say there's a. <laughs> Speaking of, there's a lot of good uh, sex euphemisms all over this movie. All over this yeah. series? <laughs> well, specifically, the second one has a lot of them. Well, yeah. Well, was Frank and Priscilla Presley in condoms uh, in the first, first one? First one. Yes. <laughs> grapple in bed? Yeah. <laughs> there's just so much of that stuff throughout these films. I love it. I absolutely love it. The kid's still, uh, his favorite scene is when Frank's out on the ledge walking around the side and, you know, there's the lady looking out the window in Hong Kong. That was, <laughs> hey, I mean, he still you, laughs at that. <laughs> I don't know if, there, I don't think there's a, is there a boob grab joke in two? I don't think there is. No, just in one, just in one. And three. No, there's one in three. There's one in three, three as well. Three start. Three, yep. I, I know there's a lot going on and it's probably not everybody's cup of tea, but I love... Love, 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 love the rooftop shootout scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I liked it. I liked it. I mean, Nordberg's gun, yes, that's ridiculous, but it's it's hysterical at the end when, you know, the wall explodes and he just gives him a little salute. But for me specifically, it's the sight details that, you know, might not be immediately present when you're watching the scene. My favorite point in the entire piece of chaos that's happening up there is when Frank and the guy are literally like two feet apart from each other shooting behind garbage cans. And they run out of bullets in their revolvers, and they throw their revolvers at each other. But if you catch it, Frank's got a pile of revolvers at his feet. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got like three or four revolvers sitting there. God damn it. I I stopped. I, I got up to get something to drink right before that scene. So like, I ran up to my garage, I grabbed a can of soda, I came back inside, and all I saw was Norbert sitting on an artillery gun at a hole in the wall. I'm like, what the fuck did I miss? <laughs> And I wasn't in the mood to go back and keep like rewind it, so I'm just, like, I'm just gonna keep moving. And now I, now I feel bad. I mean, it's it's over the top. It's ridiculous. I, I, I just, it's funny to me the sight gag of two two grown men hiding behind a garbage can, popping shots, the revolvers, and they're only like three feet, four feet apart from each other. But that's been done before. But what really killed it for me, what really sold it for me, I was laughing so damn hard when I just looked down. And I saw, yeah, there's like three or four revolvers sitting at Frank's feet. <laughs> So what, he's going to throw a revolver, pick another one up, and then just keep going? Like, what the hell? How do you think I his bullet, his gun never runs out of bullets? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who needs to reload when you have a pile of revolvers? <laughs> revolvers are notoriously hard to reload. You just get a new one. It's like, uh, yeah. it's like oh, you just, you just you get one of those. You don't buy new uh, cartridges, you just buy a new printer. The, like, the, 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 <laughs> the, the bullet holder. I forget what it's called. It goes between your fingers, and then you can put the bullets in the little yeah, slots. Yeah, like And then you, yeah. I forget what it's called. Quick load. Now I gotta Google. A shooty, a shooty fasty holdy. Ooh. Yes. That's what it's called. Oh, no. I also like at the end of that scene when everything calms down, and they're like, okay, who else is almost dead? Eh. And then he starts threatening him to get information out of him. I was like, hmm, I like that. <laughs> That's funny. It is a speed reloader. That's close to the proper shooty grabby thing. That's pretty close. Yeah. Same I thing. I guess that makes sense. I-, I like my name more. I mean, tactically, <laughs> you, of course you're going to interrogate the person who's next, Ed. You're not going to interrogate the guy who's uh, still alive. That guy's gonna, got a lot more time to talk. It just was, I, I enjoyed the fact that it's like, let's not find someone who's well alive and not dying. Who's the one that's almost dead to threaten and try to get information out of? 
The fact that you get a bloody hand, like, reaching up from the bottom of the screen after he asks, mm-hmm. I think that that made me chuckle a little bit. Yeah. Because, you know, how many of those guys would have actually survived being in a room that just got shot with an artillery gun? Yeah, in this kind of movie, you can't... No, there's no... Phys- reality doesn't happen in this. This is a totally... Di- this is a, an alternate reality where death is tiresome. And you can go to it's tanker driver school. It's as close as you can get to school. a cartoon. Wait, what? I said, and there's tanker driver school. So you can learn how to drive big oil tankers. Was it two that had a... Uh... That had him driving the, like, the tank through the house? Or is that three? I think that was two. That was was two? Yeah. With the giant... You're not certified certified for the tanks? And you know, they really do play the, uh, oh, police can't stop shooting things really well. Uh, However, I'm not sure that's aged very well. Yeah. 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 I did appreciate the uh it's not spot on but you get it if you if you remember uh President Bush Herbert Walker that was a pretty good impersonation of him and Barbara and I especially like the fact that uh the lead character kept constantly harming Barbara Bush in comical like over the top wily coyote kind of ways it starts with an opening door, and it just goes up from there, yeah. and ends with Barbara Bush hanging off the front of the White House in her nightgown. It was a good running bit. What are some things that this movie didn't quite live up to, I guess, expectations, or... Uh... It could have been expectations. It could have been the fact that I was, you know, I had been sleeping and woke up and been like, fuck, I need to watch these movies. <laughs> um, That's one hell of a way to wake up, Dan. Well, I <laughs> fuck I the just, movies. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what it was. Like I had, we had gone to bed, and it was probably I, I woke up an hour later. Like I, I, I forgot to do something today. I'm in trouble. I got to get the stuff done now. I got a confused text like an hour later. And Katie woke up and said, "Where are you? Are you watching? Are you watching something?" And I'm like. Yeah, I gotta watch stuff for the recording tomorrow or today. <laughs> I forgot. So she's like, "Wait, you... I thought did you record last week?" I'm like, "No, that was two weeks ago." So what you didn't like is your bad memory. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I feel like that was um, a setup for I think something. The thing that the thing that got me with two is that the jokes didn't feel as sincere as they did in the first one. And it just, like I said before, it feels, the movie feels tired of itself. Like, the actors aren't aren't all in on filming this movie. That changes with three. If you're, if you're looking at a comparison between the Naked Gun, the Naked Gun 2 and a half, and the Naked Gun 33 and a third. Not yet. No, two, we are not. Two's got this, like... <laughs> not yet. It's It's not quite there. Like the jokes, the jokes are funny, but they don't land the the right way to be like really funny. You say that, but they did bring back everyone. They got Juice and Lady Type and Nielsen. Like they all came back to do this movie. The jokes, maybe they were just trying to emulate them a little bit too hard. 
Because, like, they did, they ramped it up, so they had to, you know, they dumped, doubled down on all of the jokes. So it definitely felt like they were trying to shoehorn more stuff into it. And maybe that's what you're getting into it, because, like, it's hard. Maybe they just weren't hitting a stride in order, like, the acting stride. I felt like in some scenes it, it did hit its stride, but then, yeah, I feel like it tapered off. It was like a sputtering engine, kind of. Whereas the first one, I laughed all the way through. This one, I'd, I'd laugh really hard at scenes, and then there'd be some stuff in between. Laugh hard at scenes, stuff in between. I don't know. I could definitely see that. Yeah, I listed the... It's interesting you oh, say it picks... Go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, not you. I was just going to say, it's interesting that you said 33 and a third picks back up, because I feel like 33 and a third is the weakest of the three, after watching it, which is ironic, because that's the one I watched the most as a child. And I thought that that one held up the best as a child. But coming back to it as an adult, I'm like, oh no... <laughs> To me, I think the first is still hands down the best. But yeah, the mm-hmm. first is the best. My, I, I'm first. I'm first, third, second in order of, of how the movies make me feel, like comedy wise, and kind of the story. Like two is just kind of like, eh. How can we? How do we one up one? And three is just like you know what? Where it's been so long, who cares what the story? Who cares about really anything let's just do the naked gun and call it a day and honestly that's true let's uh let's let the cat out of the bag we actually have not said what the movie's about for sure yet at all in this podcast i don't think we need to it's just all about (laughs) you don't really it's yeah it's police lipstick mm -hmm. like you can't I mean, yeah, there is a there is a background plot behind it but nobody cares if I'm being it's, honest, it's thirty minutes. In, in the life of the I started the, this recording remembering what the plot of this movie is. I didn't actually write down what the <laughs> plot was, and I'm having a hard time remembering what exactly the plot of the story was, except for there was somebody blowing up it, cops and they were chasing somebody down for information. Environmentalism for, and how environmentalists right. are bad. Yes, they were placed. They were placed a prominent scientist. Uh, guy and basically we're gonna have him deliver a speech saying how nuclear is good and everything else is bad essentially and then that whole thing kind of fell apart towards the end but yeah doctor what's his name um meinheimer meinheimer yeah 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 so kind of a forgettable plot i guess but probably more prominent when it was made what what was the plot of one (laughs) somebody's trying to assassinate the queen (laughs) Oh, that's, that's right. right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that didn't happen until, like, the very... Well, no, yeah, that was the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, so he's trying to assassinate the queen. <laughs> I will assassinate the queen. See, I, I don't know why, but prior to watching these again, I always thought that uh, the baseball scene was in two for some reason. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad to finally have that cleared up after all these years. <laughs> nope, this one you have watching one, uh, an odd end of the movie. Right, nope, that's... Nope. What? Nope. There was there was a stage, and they yes, had he's giving the, that uh, speech about democracy. And they have the switch out of the guy in the wheelchair, with the guy mm-hmm. in the wheelchair, with the guy in the wheelchair. Same actor, does a good job of uh, putting on a, a lot of swarm. I had a hard time not seeing Uncle Dursley. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. That's what he reminded me of. I have no well, idea. Well, I mean, he is. Isn't yes. he? Yeah, it's the same actor, right? What are we even talking about? Oh god, the guy I'm in the, the wheelchair o- looks like Vernon Dursley, the my, uncle my, from the Harry Professor Potter. Meinheimer. 
From what? So have you seen Harry Potter? Sure. You know the who Harry yep. Potter lives with? Oh, his like and that's Mr. Dursley. His, his dad. Or not his dad, his uh his, his uncle. Uncle, yes. Okay, uncle. the abusive his jackass uncle. uncle. Yeah. Richard Griffiths. Really pulley man. That is him. It is. That is actually him. People wow. change over time. Well, no, he still plays the <laughs> dirty, swarmy person. But Dr. Meinheim, or Professor Meinheimer is a good person. He was a good person. He gave me uncomfortable vibes the entire time. Well, but... It's just because that of the, was because... the birthmark, isn't it? <laughs> Whistler's <Maybe>. mother. <laughs> well, speaking of him, that is my one note that I put down here. I groan when I see these. I get it. It was 1991. Things were a different time back then, but this Jeez. has got to be the millionth freaking ET joke. Oh, sure. Seriously, well, I mean they they <laughs> so they riffed on like how many movies into it was Jurassic. There was Jurassic Park. That's three. three yeah. was Jurassic. Was it three? Yeah. Oh, three was Jurassic three was Park. Was and Ghostbusters. Geriatric Park. Geriatric Park. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, this one had Ghost. Oh my god! They had like the opening. Yeah, one of the yeah. opening scenes had. Um, like the, the 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 opening chase scene with the the siren the, the siren on on the top of totally not a car. It goes through. Oh, is I know it's Jurassic Park, but I could just win those Ghostbusters too. That's the third one. Had Jurassic. Is that the Park. third one? Okay. Said so like the dinosaur like turn around and roar at it. Yeah. Well, two and not, a half was in 1991. Roar. Jurassic Park was just a twinkle in our eye. Yes, oh, 1992, right. so then this was 1993, released in 94, so yeah. Uh, one thing that I wrote down for that really irked me through the second movie was that whenever somebody introduced something that was wacky or crazy into a scene, verbally, the other characters would break the fourth wall, look at the audience and go, Bleh? and then go back into the scene, yeah. and I'm like... You can do it once or twice, but every time, come on. It it the second one was just laid heavy into that breaking fourth wall to give a goofy face to the audience and it it just took me out of the movie. Made everything less less silly. It works if you have like one character doing it or you do it like once or twice. But if you uh do it with everyone every time, that just gets uh it definitely detracts from the movie takes you out of it and it makes the silly stuff not as fun because you know when you crawl into a refrigerator and pull out like let's say a donkey whatever that's not what happened but if you break the fourth wall and go well this is wacky it's like yeah we know it's wacky that's why we're laughing stop making us feel dumb if he if they just do that then it's something wacky in the world and no one's paying it any mind it becomes i mean Technically, in the world of what's technically funny, that's more funny. And that's my argument with 2016 Ghostbusters, not trying to bring that up again. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of looking at the screen, it's always uh, it's always explaining the joke, you know. Dumpster scene, dumpster rolling by, and everybody's freaking out, wondering what it is. Table's rattling, and, you know, she's talking about the end of the world. Custodian goes by with a dumpster, and then she literally has to say, oh, it's just a dumpster. It's like, yes, we get the joke. It was funny, we laughed, and then you ruined it by telling us the joke. Every single joke is lined up that way. Like, here's a really funny thing. And then somebody in the in the cast has to explain the joke in case you don't know what they're laughing or what you should Thank laugh God at. Thank God I never saw that movie. I'm glad we don't have to. I liked it. I'm glad we're not going to review that movie so that way we don't have to go back <laughs> yeah. and watch it. 
Agreed. I like the characters. We're gonna have to if we want to do Afterlife. I like the characters, but the screenwriter and the director didn't give them anything to do. That's my problem. I loved the characters. Except for it does have Melissa McCarthy brand of humor of Fall Down Go Boom. Yep, she does that well. (sighs) Yes, she does. Almost like you can expect it. Hmm. Mm. (laughs) But anyways. The only other note that I had um, was that in... In the kitchen scene, the same scene where Priscilla Presley goes into the fridge, something is smoking at some point. So there must have been another joke oh, that, that they didn't film or they didn't make it into the cut because there is there is smoke floating like between Frank and Oh, what is Priscilla Presley's character's name? I always forget, so I just call her Priscilla Presley. Jenny? <laughs> Deborah? <laughs> Deborah does not Jane. sound right. Jane. 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 Um, but there's there's smoke. Like, you can see it moving when the camera pans back and forth between the two actors. And there, there, there had to have been some joke, and I want to know what that joke is, but I will never know because it didn't make it into any of the cuts that I could find. Because I went and looked. I did go so to bed till like, 5 o'clock this morning. It bothered me that much. I do like the fake out of Robert Goulet falling out of a building, things falling on him, and he survives only to be killed by a lion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Directly yeah. as a result from the previous. Uh, yeah. It was a good payout um, from the tank breaking through the zoo. Yes, yes. And that is one thing I put down in my notes. I'm sad that it's not in two or three, but I'm also happy that it's not because it makes one that much more special. Because when I go back and watch the first movie, I crack up every single time this happens all of the car sight gigs every time frank gets out it rolls or that one time he gets out and it rolls away and he shoots it in front of everybody and they're all freaking out every time he's driving the thing he smashes into crap because he's a terrible driver just this bouncing crappy car banging into things and him just being completely aloof about it i yeah, love that like the, the the cement filling the car through the sunroof because Frank hits it with his car, and the car rolls forward, which bumps into a cement truck, which knocks down the the chute thing immediately into the open sunroof of the car, and then begins filling the car, and nobody notices it until the car is, like, halfway filled up the windows with cement. Exactly. Exactly. And I don't know how many times I can go back and rewind the scene where he gets out of the car and rolls away. I... Die from laughter, no matter how many times back-to-back I watch that. Just watching the, the the sheer chaos unfold. It rolling down a hill, people jumping out of the way, screaming, him shooting at it. It's just... I, I, I missed that. And I remember going into 2 with my son and getting all excited. And expecting more car sight gags. And then there's no... You just get the 1. And then same with 3. Yeah, exactly. So I think you like, get a couple of them in 3. Maybe? Not as... Not as... Not as they were. Not as prevalent. They're more, yeah. they're more side, they're more side gags. Yep. But yeah, that's, that's one thing I wish they would have at least somewhat continued, but I guess in retrospect, I'm kind of happy they didn't because it, it makes the first movie more special. Yeah. Right. Makes me want to go back and watch it to see those. But in this well, movie in particular, they rely heavily on uh, Rube Goldberg, the Rube Goldberg-esque uh, clumsiness of people in a scene where something happens and then they get clumsy and something else happens and all of a sudden they have a crotch in a wheel guy, wheelchair guy's face for five minutes. Yep. And they play that out too long. That's like the Nordberg sketch. It's like it's funny the whole time he's stuck on the crawler under cars, but I don't know. It 
it was funny, and then it gets to the scene where it's just like random crap strewn around the the city street. There's like a cactus, bowling ball, whatever else there was. <laughs> it's like it was funny, but it's just like then it drug out too long. But then I did get a chuckle when he got stuck under the Detroit bus, and yeah, and then when they called it, who's never doing it Detroit? Well, give him a plan and get him back here. It's funny that nobody missed missed him until that point in the movie. Yeah, but no, I think you guys are spot on. I think it's it's. Not as strong as the first, and coming off of the first, I didn't get to see this as a sequel and be excited about it, obviously. I only saw all these in retrospect, so retroactively I watched one by one and giggled, but I don't know how people would have felt going from the first movie and then expecting this one and going to see this. I remember thinking that the second one was an okay sequel. That's how I felt about yeah. it. Oh, sure. It's, you don't I get have... sophomore slump vibes. But you don't me. have high and... hopes for a movie like this. Like, you don't go into it expecting Oscar-worthy performances. You go into it expecting a silly movie with some jokes in it. And it does provide you with some jokes. And perhaps people were, because they had less things to keep them busy, they needed less cuts. So the things that played out longer were funny, funnier to them. Longer attention spans. Guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. So has time been good or bad to this film? I think overall bad. Really? Mm-hmm. I think there's there's a lot of jokes that they make at the expense of minority groups in two and especially in three. Right. Um, two. 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 But but two is where it. it I started to notice it more. It's like, okay, I guess that was funny at its time. It's really not funny now. Yeah. It was fairly funny to me when I was younger, but I remember that two was kind of not as funny as one. And I was like, eh, it was all right, whatever. And moved on with my life and didn't really even care that uh, another one was coming down the line. And as I watch it this time around, I'm actually surprised about all the sight gags that I remembered very well and didn't know that applied to two. So I think it's it's not half bad. I mean, I think I could see watching one and two again in the future. Yeah, and I think you guys are right. It's just, it's the product of the time piece. It's, it's a prime example as to why Airplane still lands so perfectly well, no pun intended. Airplane, yeah, it's, it's an old movie. It, it has old things. But it's hysterical because it doesn't try to shoehorn jokes specifically related to the time as part of the comedy. There are maybe one or two here and there. One or two, but not... Yeah, and that's that's the danger you run into. Yes, adding jokes that are relevant to the topical things happening during the time frame that your movie releases is funny. And you are going to make people laugh their asses off. But it doesn't age. Sometimes it will, sometimes it won't. But I, I think we're starting to see that in the Naked Gun series with, with reviewing these again. Mm-hmm. It's just... There's a lot of like Middle East tensions, things like that. A lot of a lot of foreign issues as well too. Like like there's this, there's tons of things that aren't as prevalent today. So it's just like you had to have been alive, or you had to. Even our ages are kind of skirting, you know, knowing about things like <laughs> half the stuff that they're going through. But it's just because uh, we were kids at the time. But yeah, I don't know. It's just it's difficult to watch because I bet it was. I bet it was full of howlers when the movie came out and people were just laughing their asses off and had tears in their eyes from the jokes, but it's just kind of like now it kind of lands with a thud. Maybe you can look at it as an important snapshot of the past to, of how things were at the time. I don't know if this movie would require one of those disclaimers. 
It's getting yeah. there. It's getting there. It's not horribly insulting enough yet. <laughs> but I did I did look up I did look up the review for this one. It did drop. It was uh fifty six percent versus uh I had the original one up, but yeah, it did drop. It did dip in quality a little bit in terms of critical reviews and audience consensus. The audience did like this movie though, more than three. So that's saying something. That's understandable. What? Whereas the critics didn't like three. So but I don't know why this is linked at the bottom here, but random side note, I never realized that Problem Child holds a 0% <laughs> Whoa. Yow. I loved that movie as a kid, but probably because, I don't know, kid being an asshole to adults is funny. I, uh, I remember but, uh, hearing whatever. about that movie. I don't remember anything about it. I don't, yeah, I don't, I remember hearing about it. I don't remember it itself. Well, it's just a terrible child making John Ritter's life hell. John Ritter deserved it. That's pretty much it. John Ritter's. Oh, there's I've, a second one well, Gil- too. Gilbert Godfrey's in it too. Like I, I remember him. Does he, he play the child? In it. No. <laughs> God, that would be hysterical. John Ritter. <laughs> I have never tried that to do a, a Gilbert Godfrey thing. impersonation before, so that was terrible, and I admit it. It wasn't you gotta, you gotta, heard. you gotta channel more Iago from Atlanta, Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta, or, or Aladdin, Aladdin, Aladdin. Aladdin. I also think I need to back wow. off the microphone half the room because you have oh, to yeah. forcefully project that voice. He he requires it's crackly, space. it's loud, it's crackly, yeah. it's high. Like you gotta, you really gotta, like you gotta grab your nose and then like. I'm trying to breathe. I don't know. I can't. I don't know. You don't sound anything like. I don't know. I, I don't know. If I don't think be able to do it. Nope. Doesn't. <laughs> the more I spoke, the less it sounded like what I was thinking in my head. Uh, I'm gonna leave us with the one offline that I thought was so out of left field that it tickled me very well, and I think it was during that uh, "What Democracy Is" speech at the end of the movie. And he states <laughs> yeah. something like, "To to be able to eat seal otter without getting, or sorry, wow, sea otter. To be able to eat sea otter without getting sick, and that just that tickled me just <laughs> right to get me giggling because it was so bizarrely out of left field, and it makes me think of UHF. <laughs> yeah. Gonna club a sea baby seal to make a better idea. deal. Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's." That's the most memorable thing from that movie for me is Club of Baby Seal to make a deal. <laughs> well, the seal looks so happy. Anyway, are there any uh, wrapping up thoughts? Uh, I know we've talked about back on uh, the first movie that they there were talks of doing a reboot. We don't need to go back into all that. Yeah. Nah. No. no, if anything, you guys, uh, all you guys make me want to do now is try to make a wheel of fish for when we get back in person. Ooh. I think we need that. <laughs> I, I I feel like that would be necessary. Yeah, be smelly. Maybe some Twinkie Wiener sandwiches. Put a pin <laughs> in the wheel of fish. Did we ever uh, retrieve that pin of yours, Joe? I have what? What pin? The pin. The Ken, pin Ken's going back to the later. thing that he put on the imaginary pin board because oh, you don't have a pin board. That pin will come back in our next episode. <gasps> <laughs> Sorry, I, mean, I wouldn't have held that long, okay. day, but since your video was up, it just was so easy to hold longer as you waited patiently and then horribly patiently for 
<laughs> me to fill out the rest. I wasn't sure what you were going to do. I didn't want to step on any toes. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. It was a really good transition, too. <laughs> you mean like a transition to saying that was the Naked Gun two and a half. Rewound and eaten with sea otter. And it didn't make us sick. So if you could please like, rate, review, comment, subscribe, share, all that shares, but it would help the podcast. But if you don't like this podcast, then why would you do those things? Huh? Why would you do that? To be nice. Stop, that's stop, what stop, stop giving oh. our poor, small community of followers some kind of existential crisis. Stop it, Joe. <laughs> the population is too small. For you to be doing this. The emotional manipulation is least... too rough. Back off. We need we need at least ten followers. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. That's a high goal. So all ten of you can come back in two weeks when we will discuss the naked gun 33 and a third. Why a third we'll never know. <laughs> because it's the third one. What happened to the 32 and two-thirds that came before it? It was still a third movie. So come back in two weeks when we rewind again! Nothing witty to say this time, Ken? It's a lot of pressure, Joe.